Thanks for listening to the Calvary Baptist Church Podcast. For more information, check us out at cbctaylorville.com. Join us now as our guest speaker delivers this week's message. It's good seeing you guys all here today. It's, uh, man, it's, it's the day after Christmas, and I wasn't sure what to expect, but it's uh, really good to see you guys here this morning. Um, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes the day after Christmas... Christmas, if I can talk properly, can be a little bit crazy. Um, some of your living rooms might look something like this. Um, that's what we're going to be kind of talking about and we're kind of looking at. We're going to be looking at the day after. And some of you, I mean, unless you're in my house and we just pick it up as soon as we go, but here in a couple hours, our living room is going to be looking like this again. You got trash everywhere. You got, it's just, it's just scattered and it's just all over the place. And I apologize now because my brain does feel a little bit like this, this living room setup might look. It's a little bit scattered, a little bit all over the place. So if I get lost, I do apologize. I will find my place and we'll move on. Um, but today I wanted to look at what our day after is, um, the day after, our, our day after. So during this time of year and even studying and kind of getting ready for this message and, and looking for this as we continued um, to get, get closer to Christmas, even the weeks um, coming up to Christmas, preparing for, you know, a Christmas day, a Christmas service, or whatever it may be, I started to realize something, and that's kind of what I wanted to, um, we, we tend to forget, and we tend to already want to move on um, before we even get to the day. I was out doing some last-minute shopping last week, and I, anybody I came in contact with or talked to, I'd be like, hey, so you, re- you ready for Christmas? I couldn't tell you how many people I talked to that's, that just kind of gave me the response of, ah, oh, I'm ready for it to be over. Like, I, mean, I, I was like, oh, that's sad, you know, like, I'm, I'm ready, like, it, I'm, I like Christmas, it's fun, I, I like to celebrate the birth of Jesus, like, they're, but they're already ready to move on. You go to some of the stores around here, they're already ready to, you know, they're, they're you know, Christmas decorations are down even a couple weeks before Christmas, and they're already shoving stuff in the corner, you know, discounting everything, they're already moving on. And it hasn't even got to the day of. And I feel like sometimes we don't, um, we, we forget to really concentrate on that. We look to the new year. We look to the, um, to the next holiday that we might be getting a couple days off work. Um, we, we, we move on. It's like, all right, well, Christmas is almost here. Let's, let's look to the next thing. But I wanted to pause a little bit. I wanted to look a little bit and, and see and remember exactly what we're supposed to be doing and looking at what our response should be to the day after, to Christmas, to this, um, to what we celebrate in this. So that's what I want to look at today. Today we're going to be um, primarily in the book of in the book of Luke. So if you wanted to turn there, if you wanted to turn your iPhone on or your Bible app or your whatever you have, that's where we'll be today. Um, but if you guys will just pray with me real quick, that way I can we can just start out um, with prayer. Lord God, I just want to thank you for today. Lord, thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather in your house the day after Christmas, the day after celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, Lord. And I just want to thank you for this opportunity that we have today. Lord, I just ask that you um, are able to use me this morning. God, I ask that you help me, help my mind be clear and help me to be able to get what I need to get out, out. And Lord, I just ask that you would help us to be able to apply your word to our lives. And Lord, I just pray all this in your name. Amen. So today the question is, um, and we're going to be looking at what is our day after response or what is our response to Jesus Christ? 
we're going to be looking at a couple different um, people that had an encounter with Jesus um, and then what their response was and how that moved them. And that's what I want to be looking at, kind of, kind of like the day after look. Yesterday was Christmas, so what do we do now? Do we just forget that yesterday was Christmas and we just move on to the New Year's? Do we just move on to, you know, you know the next big holiday? But we still need to remember what that was and what should our response be or what is our response to that. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. And we're going to be looking at a couple of um, different scenarios or a couple of different groups of people that had to come in contact with them. But the first um, group of people I want to talk about today is potentially some of the first people that had a response um, to Jesus as he was on this earth. And we're going to be looking at the shepherds today. We're going to be looking at um, what their response was. And it was kind of cool a couple of weeks ago, if you were here, you heard um, Joseph Flory mention this and start talking about the shepherds and a little bit of their response. And I'll, I'll be honest, I was sitting, sitting over here taking notes and I'm like, oh no, I hope he doesn't take my message. I hope he doesn't take everything I want to say. And he, he had some really good insight and it was awesome, um, but it worked out well. So he had some cool stuff with that too. And if you, didn't, if you weren't here and you didn't hear that, I encourage you to go back and, and maybe rewatch that message as well. It was, it was really well done. Um, but we're going to look at the response that they had. So, the shepherd's response. We see them come in contact with Jesus, and then they have a response. That's what we're going to be looking at. If we look to, in Luke 2, 16 <coughs> through 20, it says, So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning, um, concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So we see from right from the beginning, these shepherds had an immediate and intentional response, an action of obedience in seeing Jesus Christ. Their first reaction was um, to what they experienced was, they, they can't keep this to themselves. They have to tell somebody. They experienced Jesus and they had to tell somebody. They had to talk to people. They had to tell them that what they have been told was true. So they went out and told. They had an immediate and an intentional response to Jesus when they went about it. They knew as soon as they saw that baby lying in the manger, that the one that they had been told about Everything that the angels had told them were true. And they had to share that with the people around them. And I love the picture that um, Joseph, when he was here, um, kind of painted for us of these, these shepherds just running through the community and just banging on doors and just telling anybody and everybody. I just think that's really funny in my head. Just, you know, random people showing up at your doorstep and who knows what time of night it was and just banging on the door. I don't know, I just kind of like that. Um, but we see that they had that immediate response. We see the response in verse 17, 18. It says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said. The people did not just, just, just hear them dis and dismiss them. Because it says, all who heard it were amazed. This was their day after. This was their immediate response to Jesus Christ. Was to go and to tell. They had an immediate and intentional an intentional reaction to meeting Jesus, to seeing Jesus. They knew that they had to go and tell. Is that your guys' response when you have an encounter with Jesus? Do you tell, do you, do you 
the day after type of thing. Do you have that, that response of, I've got to tell somebody about this. I don't care who it is. I'm going to knock on their door. I'm going to, if, if I come in contact with them, I'm going to tell them about Jesus Christ. Everything we have been told about Jesus is true. He is here. I've got to tell them. I've got to. Is that your response? Or have you moved on from Christmas? Have you moved on from that response that you may have had? That, that even that time, if, if you're in here today and you've had that, um, and you have that personal relationship with Jesus, you've had that encounter with Jesus, was that your response? Do you continue to follow that response? So we see the shepherd's response is an intentional and immediate action. I mean, that's pretty cool. How often do we react that way? Or do we kind of sit on it and think and ponder? Or do we have that intentional and an immediate reaction? As we go to the next group of people that we want to look at today, we kind of walk through Jesus' life here. We're going to be stepping up a, uh, a few chapters. And we're going to be in Luke chapter 17, 11 through 19. <coughs> it says, Now on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Verse 17 says, Jesus asked, were not all ten men cleansed? Were all the other nine? Were, uh, where are all the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Then he said to him, "Rise and go. Your faith has made you well." So we see these ten men stop and call out. Now, in this time, this is. Um, in this timeline, in this, where they were at, this is something that um, if you had leprosy, you had to do. If you, if, if you had leprosy and you saw someone coming, forward, coming towards you, you had to call out and to allow them to, you know, be able to skirt around you because you were unclean. And as many of you know, um, so sometimes I, don't, I have a little bit of ADD if you know me. Um, sometimes my brain goes all over the place um, when I'm studying. And I'm like, ooh, I wonder what that's about. So I got to look, and I, I, wanted, I, I, got, I got curious. Is leprosy still a thing? Because I typically only read about it or hear about it if I'm reading the Bible. And so I got to looking it up, and it, it is still a thing. It's not really something to be scared about nowadays. It's very rare, and it can be treated pretty pretty efficiently with some antibiotics and stuff like that. But you see, the thing is, down in, in, uh, in Jesus' day, that wasn't the thing. They didn't have the antibiotics that we had. So they had to call out to announce that they were unclean, that they had this disease, that they had this leprosy. And so as we see this, and we see them, um, we see them call out, they knew who was coming towards them. We see that in verse 13, it says, and, uh, and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, 
have pity on us. So they didn't just call out to warn him. But they called out and were asking God to have pity on him. How often do we just call out to God with our troubles, with our, our things that we have, and just, God, have pity on us. God, forgive me. How often do we have that response to Jesus? Like I said, this is something that they would have to do. These men called out and asked. They wanted to be made whole. We see in verse 14, it says, when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. So see, in, in, this, in this time and in their society, that's something else that they would have to do. Occasionally, with leprosy, um, it can go dormant within you, and it, you don't show any signs of it or anything like that. And if that happened, the individual would go to the priest and present himself, and if the priest deemed him clean, he would be able to kind of re-enter society a little bit unless that flared back up, and then he'd have to leave again. So this is what Jesus was telling them to do, is to go show yourself to the priests. And when they did, it says, like it says in verse 14, go and show yourselves to priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. See, these men left. When Jesus told them to go, they weren't cleaned right then. They still had leprosy. Because it says, as they went, they were cleansed. (coughs) We see right here that their response to meeting Jesus is full and complete faith in what Jesus could and would do in them. How often do we ask God for something? How often do we ask God to show us something? How often do we ask God for something for our friends or our family? And we don't know the outcome of what that's going to be because it's in God's will, but that we we still have that full and complete trust in God and where he's taking us and what he's going to do in our life, even without necessarily seeing the evidence right away. The lepers left Jesus when they they obeyed Jesus, when he said go. And as they went, they were cleansed. They had full and complete faith that because Jesus said to go do this, that he would take care of them, that he would show his glory in their life. How often do we have that response to Jesus? How often do we have the response of, yes, Lord, send me. Yes, Lord, I will trust you fully. I'll be honest, there's a lot of times in my life where there's been times I've had to put complete trust in God and what he's gonna do in my life, but it's really hard to just let everything go and not not worry. You know, there's times in my life that there's been things um, you know, I know God's moving, but it's like, I, I, I want to know how. I want to know what God's doing. I don't want to know how he's doing it. But we don't always get to know those answers until God reveals them to us. So the response was complete. Full and complete faith in what Jesus could and would do in him. Is your faith in what he can do in you 
so complete that you're ready to act and to move when he tells you to go? Or are you going to kind of sit back and ask questions and say, I don't know, God, I don't see how that's going to work out. These guys had faith that when they presented themselves to the priest that they would be cleansed because that's what God told them to do. They had faith in that. How's your faith? Are you willing to have full and complete faith in Jesus Christ, not fully knowing what's going to happen or where he's going to take you? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. Is our response to Jesus going to be full and complete faith in him? So we see the leper's response is unquestioning faith. But I don't really want to move on from this group without looking at one guy. He had faith that made him whole, just like all the other ten men. But he did something a little bit different than the rest of the, than the other nine. This man came back to thank God for what he did. He came back to thank him for everything that he did. It says, one of them saw he was healed and came back, praised God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Now, how often do we have that response? How often do we get, how often do we remember God has blessed us? I'm sure a lot of us have had time with friends, time with family over the last couple days. God's blessed you. How often have you just thrown yourself at God's feet and said, thank you, Lord. Thank you for all that you have provided for us. We're sitting in a church on a Sunday morning, freely worshiping God and learning about God. When was the last time you just threw yourself at God's feet and said, Lord, thank you for this? This man had unquestioning faith and he went before he was even cleansed because he trusted that God's plan and what God told him to do would be the right thing. And he was healed for that. And he immediately came back and praised God and thanked God for what he did in his life. How often do we have that response to God? Now, like I said, um, Sometimes I have a little bit of ADD, and sometimes I get on, like, these crazy thoughts, and it is the day after Christmas, and my brain's, like, been focusing on different things, and, like, going up to this week, honestly, my brain felt like the day after Christmas, you know, trying to get everything ready, and um, I'm pretty sure, I, I went and bought my wife this little vacuum because she's like, I need a vacuum, and um, I don't think I've seen her use a vacuum that much. It's like every time a little, I've got a vacuum, but it's like... So that's how my brains felt all week. But when I was reading this, when I was reading this passage um, of the leper and what you know, kind of going through it, it reminded me of something, and it just, it just kind of made me laugh. And I just, I just wanted to share that with you. So, one of the mysteries I've always had in my life is, um, and I'm, I'm gonna guess there's some of you guys in here that can relate. But why do moms always ask questions to the, to what they already know the answer of? Yeah. See, some of you guys are laughing, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you probably will soon. So my mom, she would always ask these questions 
that I, she, she knew the answer to. So I can remember um, several years ago when I moved out of the house, I had moved away, I, you know, I wasn't living at home anymore, <clears throat> my parents were getting ready to downsize because most of their kids had left the house and they were getting ready to sell the house and she calls me up. Mind you, I'm like a couple states away and I've not been living at home for a couple years at this point. So she calls me up and she's like, hey, we're getting ready to sell the house and we're repainting your old room and do you do you know how this big hole got behind this poster in the wall? <laughs> and she's like, do you know why there's thousands of little pinholes all over the wall as well? And, you know, like any, you know, older and wiser brother would do, I blamed it on my younger brother. <laughs> uh, I'm like, no, I, I think that was Josiah. I think that was him. I think, that was, I think he did that. He, he probably did that after I moved out, you know. Then she goes, then she proceeds to, t- then she continues to tell me, she goes, well, I think you punched a hole in the wall, and I'm pretty sure those are dart holes that you shot in the wall all over, the, all over it. Like, she already knew the answer before she asked, but she had to call me up a couple states away just to, just to ask me a question she already knew the answer to. And I'm sitting here like, why, why do you do that? And I, and I see that in my wife as well, now that she's a mom, she, she'll ask Reg a question, and it's like, why are you asking him that? He, you already know the answer, like, he didn't do his chores, like, it's, it's still a mess. And I've never understood why moms do that. And if you're, like, if you're sitting in here like, I, w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. It's because you're not a mom yet. Um, <laughs> I'm going to guess because I, I know that happens. Um, <laughs> so, so because, okay, so if I had that same exact conversation with my dad, right, he'd call me up and he'd be like, hey, why'd you punch a hole in the wall? Why'd you shoot darts all over it? And that would be it. Like, he knew it was me, and he'd just ask. No, not my mom. She has to, you know. So anyway, I got to wonder, and I was, I've always wondered, like, why this happens. And like I said, this is just a little extra thought I had. Um, but I, I see this, and, okay, you go to verse 17, 18 of this passage. It says, Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where, where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Like, come on, it's Jesus. He already knew the answer. So I got to thinking, it's, it's because my mom is just modeling her life after Jesus. <laughs> so if you're out here and you, you find it frustrating that your mom asks you questions that you, they clearly already know the answer to, just remember, they're trying to follow in God's footsteps, and don't begrudge them for that. So anyway, like I said, a little extra thought, but because my brain is that way sometimes. So we see the leper's response. We'll get back to that. The leper's response was unquestioning faith, but it also had a thankfulness for everything God has done. The ten men had unquestioning faith, and that one man came back and thanked God for all that he has done. How often do we have that response to Jesus? That unquestioning faith, but not just that, but when God does show up in our life, because he will. Even if it might seem crazy right now, even if you might not fully understand what God's doing in your life, everything seems like a mess, nothing seems to be going right, lay it at God's feet. Trust in God. I know sometimes it's hard. Sometimes the things that we have to deal with are hard, but just like these 
These 10 men had leprosy. They were shut out from their family, their friends, their community. But when God said go, they went without question because they knew that God was going to show up in their life. And he did. So when God shows up in your life, don't be surprised. But don't forget to come back and to thank God for all that he has done. Because he's worthy of that. Don't forget that. So the leper's response, unquestioning faith and thankfulness for everything God has done. There's one more person I want to look at today. I want to look at his response to Jesus. <coughs> we, find this, this, uh, we find this passage in Luke as well. If we go to Luke 19, it'll be Luke 19, 1 through 10. Some of you may know the story. Some of you may even know the song that went with it. I tried to remember it, but I couldn't. I was going to sing it for you, but I decided it probably wasn't a good idea. So we start in verse 1. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. And he wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way. So when he ran ahead... um, When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be a guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord. Here and now I give half of my my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man can come to see, uh, because the Son of Man came to seek and to save. So we see this Zacchaeus. Somebody that we know is a reportedly bad man, sinner. The people around him started grumbling because oh, he's, he's, he's a sinner. Like he's, he's no good. Why would Jesus want to spend time with him? That's the crowd's response. But after being in the presence of Jesus, he knew Zacchaeus knew he had to change his life to make a full 180 degree turn from what he was doing. You see that in verse 8 it says, But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, look, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. We see this man, Zacchaeus, like I said, Somebody everybody knew was a sinner. Somebody everybody knew was a cheat. Somebody everybody knew was a bad guy. Change his life after he encountered Jesus. 
a full 180 degree turn. And I feel like if we were honest with ourselves, we'd probably all know somebody like that. Maybe you're in here today and that's you. You don't have a relationship with God. You're, you're, you know, you're apart from him. And you need to have that encounter with Jesus. We see after having an encounter with Jesus, he changes his whole life. He turns it around and rights his wrongs. He doesn't just, he doesn't just stop doing what he was doing but he writes the wrongs that he did. Because it says, I will pay back four times the amount if he cheated anybody. I'm going to guess that was a lot of people. So I'm going to guess he had to right the wrongs. How often do you go back and right the wrongs that you've done to the people around you, maybe even the people you love? How often is that your response to Jesus? You see, after having an encounter with Jesus, he changes and turns. He turns his life around. Like I said, he writes his wrongs. And then we see in verse 9, it says, Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. We see a life change forever because of an encounter with Jesus. But we also see that it was not just something that he kept to himself. It wasn't that Jesus had this, or uh, that Zacchaeus had this encounter with Jesus and he's like, you know, he just quietly like changed his life and just kind of kept it to himself and, you know, went about his business and nobody knew. No. He had an outward response to his change. He changed his life, and then because of his change in life, that affected the people around him. The life around him changed. The people around him were affected. His response to Jesus, we see a life change, and we see him taking action we see him putting his faith in Jesus, not only just keeping it to himself, but going out and doing something with it. He knew that he had done wrong. He knew that he needed to change the things that he had done. And his response to Jesus after that life change was to right those wrongs, was to move from what he was doing in a whole and completely different direction. <coughs> How often have we had that response to Jesus? Maybe you're in here today and you, you don't have a personal relationship with God. And you've never experienced that encounter with Jesus that would change your life. I encourage you today, don't, don't leave today without it. Jesus sent his one and only son to be born on Christmas Day and to eventually die as our Savior. Is that going to be your response? When you see Jesus, when you have that, that encounter with Jesus, is your response going to be to accept him and to change your life? And maybe 
you when maybe we're in here today and you, you have accepted that change in your life. You have accepted Jesus. You have, you know, you have had that response to him. What have you done with it? Has it just been a quiet thing? Has it just been something that you accepted and then you just kind of sit quietly and go about your business? Or are you changing and working with the people around you, sharing your faith, allowing, that, allowing your relationship with Jesus to affect the people around you? We've seen James 2.17 says, in the same way, faith by itself if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. How often does our faith in Jesus Christ, how often is it accompanied by action? How often does our faith in Jesus, that response to Jesus Christ, that, that acceptance of him, that how often does that move us to action? Something to think about. Is that your day after response? Are you going to have that encounter with God, but then are you going to be spurred to action? Are you going to continue to move and to go that direction? Because like it says, in the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. Are you going to allow that to happen? Or are you going to be moved to action? So we see Zacchaeus' response. A change in life. Action to his faith. He put action to his faith. It says, I will... It says in verse 7, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. He had action to his response. And that's what we're looking at. So that's Zacchaeus's response is a changed life an action to his faith so today <clears throat> we've talked over a couple different scenarios a couple different responses you know a day after response sort of thing and some of it was obviously not a day after but we have the shepherd's response as an intentional and immediate action to seeing Jesus to telling anybody and everybody that would listen that everything they had been told about Jesus is true, about the coming Savior is true. That's something to get excited about. In that passage, it says they end up going back to the fields and glorifying and praising God. They were excited because of Jesus and what he was meant to this world. <clears throat> How often do we get that excited for Jesus? How often do we, we just can't not tell somebody about him because of what he has done for us? <clears throat> How often do we get that excited for him? The leper's response is unquestioning faith and thankfulness for everything God has done. 
unquestioning faith and thankfulness for everything God has done. If you allow God to guide your life, he's going to put you in some directions. He's going to show you directions. He's going to ask you to do and to go places that you're not going to fully understand the outcome. And you're not going to fully understand where he's taking you. But if you're going to put your full trust and faith in God, are you going to, is your faith unquestioning? Are you going to follow him even though you may not fully understand where he's taking you? But when God does show you and God shows up, are you going to fall on your knees and thank him for all that he has given you, for all that he has done? And then Zacchaeus' response, like we just said, is a changed life, and he put action to his faith. So what does this look like for us as we're sitting here in the 21st century? What does this have, what does this look like? How do we use this? Now, if you were in my student ministry, if we were over there talking right now, this is when I tell my students, just like I'm going to tell you, everything I just said, everything we just talked about means absolutely nothing if you don't apply it to your life. If you don't do something with what's been said, with the truth that's been said, with what the scripture says, you're just sitting here for fun. And I know that might sound kind of harsh, but that's the, that's the fact of the matter. If we don't take God's word and apply it to our life, then what are we doing? Where are we moving? Because if we're not going to apply God's word to our life, take, the, take the, the word of God and allow it to change our life and allow it to move us in a direction and allow it to make us to allow it to, you know, and to have a response because of that, then it means nothing. So that's where it's on you now. That's where it's on me. What am I going to do with this? How am I, what is my response going to be to Jesus Christ? From celebrating his birth yesterday to eventually celebrating what he did on the cross for us. How is that going to affect my life? Put yourself in there. How is that going to affect your life? What are you going to do with it? I can't answer that for you, and I can't apply it to your life for you. Only you can do that, and that is between you and God. So the question you have to ask yourself, and the question I have to ask myself is, do you, do you still have that life change? Have you had that life changing encounter with Jesus Christ? Have you had that yet? If you're in here today and you've not had that life changing encounter with Jesus, the acceptance of Jesus Christ, putting your full and complete trust in God our Savior, if you're in here today and that's, that's not where you're at, I encourage you don't leave today without it. Pray with somebody today. Talk to God. If you want someone to pray with you, I'd love to pray with you. But if you are in here today and you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you've put your full and complete faith in Him, are you going to allow that to then change the lives of the people around you? Are you going to put your faith in Him into action?
Maybe the other question you'd ask yourself is, are you going to have your faith in God? Is your faith so complete in God that you're going to follow him wherever he takes you and you're going to do whatever he asks of you, even if you don't fully understand the outcome? Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe God's presented you with something hard. Maybe God's presented you with an opportunity. Maybe God's presented, presented you with a direction. And you're not sure you want to go that direction because it worries you. It scares you. Is your faith in God going to be so complete that you're going to follow him even if you don't see the end goal? That's a question I ask myself all the time. Lord, help me with this. There's a lot of things I don't fully know. But help me to have complete trust in you. Or maybe you're like the shepherds. And you have people in your life that you just need to tell. You've got to tell somebody. Take action and share the word of God with the people around you. Get excited. Those shepherds had to be excited. They had to be, they left and went and told people immediately that everything they had been told about God was true. Guys, we know this to be true. Why aren't we that excited? Why aren't we knocking on the doors of the neighbors? I mean, some of them might shoot you. You gotta be careful. But why aren't we that excited to share our faith, to share the fact that Jesus Christ is here, that Jesus Christ died and rose again for us. He sacrificed his life for us. Why aren't we that excited to share that with the people around us? Like the shepherds were excited to share that everything that they had been told was true. Maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe that's the question we need to ask ourselves is, are we that excited? Are we ready to go and to tell people that everything we have done and everything that God has done through us. And he's faithful to us. So those are the questions you need to ask yourself today. And like I said, I can't apply these, I can't apply these to your life for you. That's something you have to do. That's something you have to make the decision to do is to apply these to your life, to apply the word of God, to allow it to change you. So do you still have life-changing, do you still need to have a life-changing encounter with Jesus? Or maybe someone in your family does. Do you need to have faith in where God is taking you even though you may not fully understand the outcome? Or like I said, maybe you're like the shepherds and you have people in your life that you just need to tell. So take action and share God's word with all and everyone that you can. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna give you guys an opportunity to pray, to ask God, to thank God, to talk to God. I'm gonna give you guys a couple minutes. If you wanna come up here and pray, you're more than welcome to. If you're in here today and, and you've not accepted that gift of salvation through Jesus Christ and you'd love someone to pray with you, I would love to pray with you. I know there's other guys in here that would pray with you as well. So I'm gonna give you guys a couple minutes to to talk to God, to ask God, to have that conversation with him. Maybe 
You just need to thank him. Let's pray.